What's up, guys? We're going to Juice Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali, at Solomon Ali NBA on Twitter. So I want to talk about a couple of things before we get into the show. First things first, if you haven't already done so, go subscribe to rednationnoops.com. It is my new email newsletter and the hub of all the content I produce about the Houston Rockets moving forward. And if you are a fan of my content, if you're a fan of the show and you want to support it, keep it free moving forward, the best way you can do so is going and purchasing yourself a subscription. $6 a month or $60 a year, you get two months off that way. Uh, It's the best way to keep this content free for the foreseeable future. When you subscribe, you get six posts a month, five written posts, one exclusive podcast feed, so an additional episode of Red Nation Loops every month. This week, I wrote about Kevin Porter Jr. and kind of his production for the Rockets these past two seasons, his role on the team moving forward, how the Rockets choose to handle him moving forward, how they've handled him to this point, and kind of how I would handle it if I were the Rockets in, in, in their shoes. So go check that out if you're interested, rednationnoops.com. Second thing, an unfortunate event happened while I was on vacation, and it's kind of disrupted my entire schedule. So moving forward, I'm going to try to get a podcast up every 10 days. I know I told you guys I'm going to try to get a podcast up every week, and I would still try to aim to do that, but I'm going to promise you though there will be an episode up every 10 days. That's going to be my promise to you. Three podcasts a month. This is only temporary until I get everything sorted out. So we're going to go back to four podcasts a month eventually, I promise. But for right now, I'm going to promise three podcasts a month. If I can do more, that's great. But consider that a bonus if I can't do more. And now back to the show. So it's just going to be me today, no guest. And I kind of want to talk about the Rockets moving forward. And I don't just mean the offseason. I know the big ticket event that's next on the Rockets calendar is the lottery. And obviously, we'll talk about the lottery in part of this conversation. But I I want to have a more broader conversation here, though, because the Rocket season just ended and we have collected more data on this rebuild. And with this data, the Rockets now have to make real decisions, not only this summer, but moving forward for the franchise And the biggest piece of data they collected was that Jalen Green is one of the guys, right? Whatever next great Rockets team emerges, Jalen Green will be a part of that core. We know that 100%. That's a guarantee for sure. He's going to be a star. And that was one of the big goals for the Rockets this season, right? Can any of their young guys flash star potential? And Jalen Green not only flashed that star potential, he kept it going for an extended period of time. After February, he played like a star. I don't need to keep repeating those numbers. You guys know them by now. He was ridiculous. Shengun flashed that star potential as well, but he did not maintain it for as significant of a time as Jalen Green did. And... I'm not as convinced that Shangun will be a part of the next core as I am about Jalen Green. Now, I think Shangun will be a part of the next core, but he hasn't put it in with a bullet as much as Jalen Green because Jalen Green just played out of his mind bananas to close the season. So we have that very important piece of data. Jalen Green will be one of their guys. How do you build around him is the next natural question. The first thing you have to do is identify his strengths. 
obviously the place to start here is his athleticism because everything in his game is built around that lightning first step. That first step opens up everything for his offense. He's awesome in transition. He's great at getting past his guy. And obviously his athleticism helps him with finishing around the basket. And he's got some craft and contortion ability. So that's the first thing. Just his ability to quickly move off the bounce. The second thing is his shooting ability. Jalen Green is, I would say, a very good shooter. Now you may be like, he's like 34.5% from three. What are you talking about very good shooter? Now he's a very good shooter. First of all, he's shooting like seven attempts per game. And these attempts are a lot of the times pretty difficult and off the bounce. Obviously, he's got some catch and shoot mixed in there. But when you're hitting like 35% off the bounce, you're a very good three-point shooter. And the mid-range shooting ability just kind of helps confirm that. And the free throw percentages, obviously, on the whole, it's you can just tell. He's a, he's a very good shooter. And he's going to end up being like a career 36.5% from three, which is, you know, for a star, pretty good. So I think that is another strong trait of his. Third, he's very adept at moving without the basketball. And that's not just for catch and shoot looks. That's cutting, that's flashing, that's everything that you need for a player that may not be the best passer in the world. And that gets me to his weaknesses. I don't think he's a great passer. I think he has the potential to become a good one. He's shown better playmaking instincts than I had anticipated from watching him in the G League. But that is an area of his game that is a weakness. You know, he is not throwing pinpoint passes right away, but he does keep his head up and he is a willing passer and he is willing to not have the, the ball in his hands. So that is something to keep in mind. Another weakness, defense. He's uh, just plainly just a horrendous defender right now. Just really bad. But he is also very skinny and 20 years old. I don't mean to caveat everything, but I just need to throw these in in fairness. So that's Jalen Green in a nutshell. That's his game. Highly efficient scorer, off the bounce, adept at moving without the basketball, Freak athlete, good in transition, good shooter. That's Jalen Green. How do you build around this type of player? How do you build around this archetype? Well, first, obviously, you're going to have to find a second star, right? Whether or not Jalen Green is the guy or just one of the guys, it doesn't matter. None of these stars can do it alone. So you're going to have to find a second star, right? That's obvious. We can put that to the side. What traits? What traits do the Rockets need to go out and acquire They're going to need to go out and acquire shooting, defense, and playmaking. It may sound like all three of the traits that you need to build a competent basketball team, but you got to keep in mind, this Rockets team was the worst in the NBA for two straight seasons. So they clearly have some work to do. And not all of this is on on Jalen. He's a good shooter. So that's 
you know, that, that, that doesn't apply to him. But when you look at the types of players you want to surround him with, you're going to need shooting because of how good he is off the bounce. And you want good shooters to be around him when he creates that separation and is at the basket so he can find kickout passes. He's, he, he's not adept at hitting, at making those kickout passes right now, but you need to prepare him to be good at those kickout passes. So they're going to need to find shooting. They're going to need, they're going to, need to find defense, and they're going to need to find playmaking because he's not going to be, I think, the primary playmaker on a championship team. That would be the very, very high end of his outcomes, right? If he ends up becoming the primary playmaker on a championship caliber basketball team, that's probably the high end of outcomes of Jalen Green. And when you build a team, you can't project out the highest possible outcome for a player. You have to project out the median outcome. And the median outcome is a player like Zach Levine and Devin Booker. That's kind of what you need to project out. And those kinds of players require that you have other primary initiators. I think you can obviously find that in that second star. But let's start with the basics. Internal improvement. Can the Rockets find any of these traits inside their very own roster? I think Alperin Shingoon and Kevin Porter Jr. are obvious places to look when you talk about playmaking. I think with Shingoon specifically, I feel like on the roster, he has the best chance to become a truly special kind of passer in the NBA. I think Kevin Porter Jr. you know, may have more opportunity to rack up assists, but in terms of a guy who's natural at playmaking, whose first instinct is to make his his teammates better, Shangun's that guy. Like, he is a ridiculous playmaker, and if he becomes a star, I mean, you may not have to look far for that trait. He might just be the guy. He might just be the guy who fills the playmaking vacuum that you currently need to fill. Kevin Porter Jr. is someone I less so believe can fill this vacuum. You know, on the high end of outcomes for Kevin Porter Jr., he's a starter. And he's a very good playmaker. And he helps compensate for what Jalen Green is in. But I don't believe in that high-end outcome, right? A lot of this is perspective. You know, if you believe in that high-end outcome, if you believe Kevin Porter Jr. is that guy, then... You know, you may think that playmaking is not someone something the Rockets need to go out and acquire. I think um, if Shangun becomes that guy, I would agree they don't need to go out and acquire that. But if he doesn't become that guy, I don't believe there's anyone else on the roster who can be that guy. I, I, I put Kevin Border Jr. there because I do need to be fair to his high-end high outcome. Let's go to defense. So this is tricky because defense is really scarce on this roster. Probably the quality most lacking. And the obvious names here are Jayshon Tate, Usman Garuba, and Josh Christopher, in my opinion. Let's go through them. So Josh Christopher, 
I'm a big believer in not only Josh Christopher, the player, but Josh Christopher, the on-ball defender. I think he can become a pretty terrific on-ball defender in the NBA. I think he can really move his feet. I think he's determined. And when you look at his strength, I mean, that guy is going to be built like a tank in the NBA. And he's going to be really switchable if he improves as an off-ball defender, right? That's still an an area where I think he needs to become better at. But the on-ball defense is there. So I think that's, you know, a possible source of defense for the Rockets. Usman Garuba, this is going to be tough because he really needs to get better in offense. Point blank, he just has no place to be on an NBA floor right now because he has no offensive skill to offer to an NBA team right now and that means he's a liability and teams aren't going to be honest with him and even if you're not out there for offense you need to at least keep defenses honest and he doesn't do any of that right now whether you know that's as a roller or as a shooter he's just a mystery box as an offensive player and he needs to become very defined over the next couple of years here, or we're talking about a player who is filled with unfulfilled defensive potential because he can become a truly special defensive player. I mean, he might already be a truly special defensive player. He just can't show it because he can't play because he is a, you know, a liability on the offensive end. So that's, if he can get to a point where he's not a liability anymore on offense, whether that's as a roller or whether that's as a shooter or both. I don't think both is probably on the table. I think he probably needs to pick one uh, of those two qualities to really hone in on and become the best possible version of, I think, a small ball center in the NBA. If he can become you know, good at one of those two qualities, then Garuba could potentially fill in a lot of these holes. He is probably the guy on the roster with the highest defensive upside. Jay Sean Tate. So Jay Sean Tate's already a very good defender. Like he could go to an NBA championship caliber team right now and be a part of their closing eight. I'm not sure if he is someone the Rockets will keep long term. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, we're going to talk about Christian Wood in a second here. It's kind of like Christian Wood, but a little bit different in that the Rockets have his bird rights and he's going to be a restricted free agent. So. That's why I haven't really talked much about Jay Sean Tate because I can see the argument for Houston keeping him around just because well, he's going to be someone that can be had long-term for dirt cheap. And there's no real reason to rush out and move him unless you get really great value in the trade market, which I think there's a possibility they can get that, which is why you know I think perhaps Houston should explore moving Tate in the future. That's That's a different conversation. The bottom line is he could figure into Houston's uh, solutions on the defensive end as well. Uh, It's just a matter of whether or not you believe he will be on the Rockets long term. Shooting. When you you talk about shooting and the Rockets around Jalen Green, you're pretty much talking Christian Wood and Garrison Matthews. Those guys are dead-eye shooters, right? Those guys can shoot the basketball. Everywhere else on the roster, it's like, I guess if you really believe that this shooting from Kevin Porter Jr. this season is real, right? He's just going to become 
a 38 to 39 percent three-point shooter then yeah he, he's a possible solution here i am more wary on his prospects of becoming that kind of shooter i think he's more in line as like a 35 percent career three-point shooter that's probably kind of where i see him falling into so i would say the rockets really need to add some shooting and i am not optimistic on the prospects of both garrison matthews and christian wood seeing this whole rebuild through so how do the Rockets add these qualities then? The obvious answer is the draft, right? And this upcoming draft is really unique in that it, a lot of the top-end players that are going to be available for Houston possess a lot of the traits that they need, particularly shooting and defense, right? You look at the two of the top three prospects on the board, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren, those guys are awesome shooters and awesome defensive players and they could very easily fill in the vacuum for Houston around Jalen Green if they end up drafting one of those guys there's a potential that that's the perfect star complement for Jalen Green and more broadly this is a trend throughout the draft right there's a lot of defensive prospects and a lot of dead-eye shooters so there's the possibility that one of those dead-eye shooters or one of those very good defensive prospects falls to Houston at 17, right? Um, So that's one area where they can add these qualities. Another area, right? So we mentioned internal improvement. We mentioned the draft. The third area is free agency. The Rockets figure to be major players in 2023 free agency because they're going to have a ton of cap space two max spots if they play their cards right and that means that they could very easily find shooters defenders guys who can be very complimentary to Jalen Green that summer so there's a lot of areas that the Rockets can find these weaknesses it's going to be difficult though what helps is that Green is such a good shooter and he's such a willing off the ball player so his malleability on the offensive end is going to be really helpful to the Rockets front office rebuilding wise they're going to be able to build a roster around him that will make sense offensively I think at some point they're going to have to (laughs) trade uh, some of these uh, redundant pieces and some of these players that uh, make no sense around green but that's a conversation for a different day. So that's the biggest piece of information we learned from the 2021-22 Rockets. And it's important to keep in mind as we look at the Rockets moving forward, the kinds of players they go out and target, right? I want to talk about the NBA lottery next month. So June 23rd, NBA lottery. I'm sure a lot of Rockets fans are eager to see where they fall in the draft. There also seems to be an air of, ah, relief right because the Rockets had the number one odds because the Rockets had the worst pick in basketball they're guaranteed to have a top five pick right and unlike last year they're not in danger of losing the pick even if they have number five and I understand the relief in that perspective in that no matter what happens you're going to have a top five pick no matter what happens even if you fall to five you're going to keep the pick Right, the that added layer of no matter if you fall, you're gonna keep the pick. I understand how that makes you feel much more secure, 
But in general, you should never feel secure about having the fifth pick in the NBA draft. I still think it's crazy that the NBA has flattened the lottery odds to this extent to where the worst record in basketball could potentially only have number five. Like, I think that hurts small market teams more than anybody. I don't think the Rockets are one of these small market teams, but like in general, I think this is a bad idea because this is how small market teams rebuild through the draft. It's their only counter against big market teams having the advantage in free agency. The draft is meant as an equalizer, right? That's how teams like Memphis get to build up. That's how teams like the Thunder get to build up, the Pacers, whatever team you want to name, that's how they rebuild. We need to understand that number five in the NBA draft has historically been very boomer bust and more so bust than boom. Like you're talking like one out of every three players ends up becoming a star. I pulled out the last 25 drafts and I'm going to name all these players. It's, again, very boomer bust. Basically, one out of every three guys ends up becoming an all-star at some point in their career. Tony Batty, Vince Carter, Jonathan Bender, Mike Miller, Jason Richardson, Nicolas T, Dwayne Wade, Devin Harris, Raymond Felton, Sheldon Williams, Jeff Green, Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, DeMarcus Cousins, Jonas Valanciunas, Thomas Robinson, Alex Lyon, Dante Exum, Mario Hazonia, Chris Dunn, De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young, Darius Garland, Isaac Okora, Jalen Suggs. So when, I, when I'm reading that list, the stars are going to stick out at you, right? You're, you probably heard the Vince Carters, the Dwayne Wades, the Kevin Loves, the Trey Youngs, the Darren Foxes, the Darius Carlins, right? Those are the names that probably stuck out to you. Uh, I also said names like Chris Dunn. I also said names like Tony Batty. I also said names like uh, Raymond Felton and Thomas Robinson, who Rockets fans are very familiar with. You got to understand the mixed bag history here in that it's not even a mixed bag. It's more like you're reaching in to see if you get a lucky at a one in three shot and getting a star here. This 50% odds the Rockets have at falling number five, it should not be viewed as so what. Even if we get five, we have a chance at all these great players. Yeah, like I'm optimistic that someone like Shaden Sharp can become an all-star, but I recognize that it's much more risky than someone like Paolo Boncaro. There needs to be a proper perspective here in that the lottery is still very important and top three pick is where you want to be. The fourth pick is where you'll settle. The fifth pick is the one you dread. You should dread that pick because historically, again, you have to get really lucky. So... That's the podcast this week. <laughs> We're ending on a very positive note, as usual. Subscribe to RenateSnoops.com if you want to read my latest article on Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you want to help the show, give us five stars on iTunes. It helps Rockets fans find the show. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>